With over 25 years of global marketing, branding, and strategy experience, Stacey Anderson joined Self-Esteem Brands as Chief Marketing Officer in September of 2012. In 2016, Stacey was appointed Brand President of Anytime Fitness and is responsible for steering the world's largest and fastest growing fitness franchise, serving 4 million members of gyms located in all 50 states and 35 countries on all seven continents. Anderson, whose previous retail experience includes executive marketing positions with Best Buy and Geek Squad, is one of relatively few women in high-level leadership roles in the franchising industry. Her most notable accomplishment is raising two happy, outgoing teenagers, Noah 16 and Aiden 14, with her husband of 22 years, Trevor. So Stacy, <laughs> thank you for being here with us today. I know you are an incredibly busy woman and I appreciate your time. Thank you. Energy and thank you. your presence with us. So. I'm going to start by asking a question um, to give people a little bit more information about something they might not know about you. Uh -oh. So most of us know that you are kind of the infamous brand president of Anytime <laughs> Fitness, right? Yep. Um, all seven continents, multiple clubs, multiple club members, multiple club owners. Yeah. But what people might not realize is that in knowing you, you quickly get to know that you are tied to this concept, this test, this assessment of the Enneagram. Yeah. So what does it mean oh. to be an Enneagram 8? <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So Enneagram, um, first of all, I should preface all of this by saying I am the type of person that like chalks this all up to a little bit of fluffy duffy BS. Like it's yeah. generally like not, you know, I've done Strengths Finder, I've done Myers-Briggs, I've done all these things. And what I have what kind of has repelled me against those things is like, I hate the idea of putting somebody in a box sure. and saying, hey, these are this is what you're good at and this is what you're bad at. These yeah. are your limitations. You should lean this way. So I really kind of, it's not really my jam. But I got an executive coach a few years ago and uh, honestly, I was kind of stuck. And so her kind of um, methodology is about Enneagram. Enneagram, yeah. uh, for folks that haven't done this, um, is a little bit of a, that same type of kind of personality profiling. Yeah. Um, an eight is the challenger. Uh -huh. um, and so uh, it's funny because my coach said, okay, pick which one of these things on this wheel of Enneagram do you think you are? And I was like, I saw it right away. And you I was did. like, oh, great, I'm the worst one. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the worst. I'm and why wheel. did you think you were the worst one? Because who wants to be a challenger? Who wants to be like the pain in the ass? <laughs> like, it's totally me. I'm like, that is me. And so what the challenger kind of Enneagram is all about is one, they're personable and they, they advocate for like underdogs. Like the, the positive side of it is like they really care about fairness and this idea of helping people move forward, especially if there's a challenge in their way. Yeah. Uh, the hard edge of an Enneagram, and anybody that knows me sees my hard edge every once in a while, is that where drivers will get stuff done mm -hmm. and will uh, sometimes be are very comfortable being the voice of opposition in a room okay. of saying no not yeah. that so much have you thought about this and we can come out pretty hard out of the gate mm -hmm. a lot of work with my executive coach which is just aka therapist I mean let's be real <laughs> executive coach is really right. like it's just a therapist. therapist I know yeah, I know my CFO always says how about we hire executives that don't need coaches <laughs> and I'm like That's a you very need bad a coach idea. yeah <laughs> 
So um, some of the work that she did with me was to talk about like, where does that come mm-hmm. from? And, mm-hmm. and an eight really is all about like, making sure that you never show up vulnerable, making sure that you're always protecting yourself, that you've yeah. got like a hard edge out there. And, um, uh, there's that song titanium. Every time I hear it, yeah. I'm like, Oh, that's such an eight song. It's about like, put your armor on, make sure everybody sees you. I've also learned through the years that because I have that hard edge to me, mm-hmm. that vulnerability and showing that is really powerful in connecting with people. For me, as I've like gone through my career, I think if you'd ask anybody that's at, worked with me for the last, you know, 20, 30 years, they'll be like, oh, Stacey's really good at her job and she's like a hard worker and all that thing, but gosh, she can be hard. Yeah. And, and that's true. And it's true. And I think the things that have made me good at my job are things that I've also had to learn, especially as I got into higher leadership roles, mm-hmm. that I almost have to temper that edge yeah. with a little bit of that vulnerability yeah. and that there's real power in also showing that vulnerability in a way that you would you know, it's a little right, contrary right. to what it is. So showing both sides of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that the more you're in leadership, the easier that becomes to do? Yeah. You know, honestly, um, I, I'm a pretty emotional person. So like when I've had to lay people off, like for example, I like, I've cried in front of my staff. Like yeah. when I'm uh, with my boss, right? Like we yeah. were doing a presentation, you talk about your connections, the people you work with. Yeah it easily like kind of comes from you. And so the, the strength in that is that people know I'm not ever lying to you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, if, if anything, I'm being more candid and more transparent than I should be. That's my fatal flaw, yeah. right? Is that I'm always telling you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> always. Which and sometimes it's hard. Yeah. yeah right? <laughs> yep. I can put the brutal in honesty, yeah. but I also, when I, um, when I'm connecting with people, I think people do feel like that, that, they what can trust me. what you get. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to try and, like, skirt around an issue. Yep. You're going to just be really direct. Yeah, and I love that. I mean, my energy comes from people. Yeah. I love being around you. Like, the the connection with people is great. And when you have that and you trust people, yeah. being vulnerable is easy because, you know, what are you going to go, you know, mm-hmm. put somebody's, like, mm-hmm. you know, soft side on stage? Like, yeah. no. And um, I, think, I think that is the power of what leadership is now, too, is just right. kind of, you know, making sure that you're not only hard and driving people towards outcomes, which has like really been kind of what my career has been built on, but also being a safe, uh, safe place to yeah. fall when people are like, "Ugh, yeah. that, that was kind of messed up or right. I screwed that up or whatever. And that's what learning is. So in the franchise industry, like you're one of the top docs, like you're a top <laughs> female in the industry, which, you know, as we just went through the election, I still sometimes think about that. I'm like, actually <laughs> tell my girls, cause I have three of them. I'm like, yeah. do you realize that less than a hundred years ago, we didn't have the right to vote? I mean, it's crazy, right? Crazy. Yeah. I mean, you have to sometimes have like this strong front, right? That you put forward. Yeah. And Enneagram eights are really freaking good at that. Yep. Yep. And, and it's probably served you really well in the industry where you're kind of like bumping arms with like some people who might have some more antiquated like philosophy and leadership, right? And gender bias. Yep. And you've done that beautifully. And I think that's probably your eight that's like taking you through there. Yeah. And well, and not always, right? Like I also look early on in my career, it took me a while to navigate that, right? Like it took me a while to not just show up and blow everybody over in a room and be like, you know what? We're going to do it this way. And also it helps to find your people, right? Like this company, anytime has been my people Mm -hmm. that see me for who I am, that that appreciate my strengths and my weaknesses, uh, that when my weaknesses show hard, yeah. they're like, it's okay. Yeah. Try again. And so I think that's part of this too, is like, you've got to find the place that you can, um, 
do the work and move yourself forward, but also a place that has grace. And so like that for me has been like my big lesson of the last five years is like, Give yourself and other people a little grace. and Or a lot of grace. Or a lot of grace. Life is hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting with a little. Life is hard. <laughs> yeah. I get my goals, but yeah. I'm <laughs> So going back to the Enneagram just it's a good. little bit, like how does that drive you at work? Like in terms mm. of, do you hire? Like have you ever hired people because there's certain Enneagram? Oh, yeah, um, it's interesting. Just being aware of kind of my um, predispositions. Mm-hmm helps me a kind of self-regulate. Like when I'm like, like I have a visceral reaction to things and I feel like I'm going to like jump out of the gate. Yeah. And so I'll like bite my tongue. So like just knowing kind of where you fall on that spectrum, I think yeah. is really, really helpful. Um, what it's, ha- I don't ever hire a certain type. I know I love people that have a propensity for action and have a high sense of responsibility mm-hmm. in part because I value that. Those yeah. are like some of my big values. So yeah. I've got a lot of those folks on my team that like take their work yeah. as seriously as I do, but they're not eights. Like some of them are perfectionists. Some yeah. of them are threes. Some of them yeah. are like, you know, I want to get this right and do things that are meaningful and lasting. And those are ones. And so I, uh, it's less to me about like hiring, um, for a certain type. But what I also know is I use their Enneagram to coach them. Like, mm, but like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yep. uh, the you three understand on, their strengths, right? Yep. The and three that. on my team is harder on herself than anybody I've ever met. And yeah. I'm like, Whoa, she also is one of the best leaders I've ever had on my team. And I'm like, Holy smokes, you are, she's my marketing um, lead. And I'm like, gosh, you're a better marketer than I ever was. And I was a CMO of the company. I'm like, huh, you're really great. And it doesn't even matter how much I feed that she's hard on herself. And so like, we actually work on that together to say, Hey, gosh, this like, Mm -hmm. don't be so hard on yourself. And likewise, when I bite in a meeting, they all know, Hey, you're eight. In fact, I think she bought me a coffee cup that said, I'm an eight. Let's go, bro. Or come at me, bro. That's what it said. Come at me, bro. And I'm like, yeah. So it's just a kind of kind of uh, common language that helps us understand who's um, who, kind of where you're starting mm-hmm. from, what your starting point is, what your predispositions are, and frankly, it's helpful to just understand people because the reality is, I'm an eight because of something that happened in my childhood, mm-hmm. and somebody else is a three because of something else that happened in their childhood. And yeah. you know, as much as you don't want to like admit it, like how you're raised and all of that, that just has a lot to do with how you show up at 48. You yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> It's Unfortunately, yeah. I Unfortunately. blame my parents. Yeah, Pat and Doug. <laughs> this is my fault. This is your fault. <laughs> or your success. Or my success. That would be the more positive way yeah. to go. <laughs> okay, so tell me about how the how how did you transition into being like I need to work with a business coach? Yeah, um, I think the pandemic happened, and I think we're one of the only companies that like shut down 5,500 clubs, opened up 5,200 clubs, shut down 5,200, you know, so, um, there was a really stressful time for, for me and uh, the rest of the world (laughs) in 2020. And for me, I go into hyperdrive. Like when the pressure's on, I'm like, we're making pearls, like, let's go. And so my team and frankly, the whole company here, like I've never seen them serve, like we talk about servant leadership Mm -hmm. a a lot, like Mm -hmm. that was a time of serving and helping as best we could, especially as you watch, you know, all of these small business owners just struggle with being shut down and reopened and all the things. And so, um, I was, that time put me into hyperdrive and when it started to like pull back 
And, and also we were living in a Zoom world too. I don't know if you noticed this, but when you're in Zoom, like if I'm in a room with a bunch of people, mm-hmm. I can say something that might sound hard, but I reach over and I'll touch their arm. Yes. Or something like there's a, there's a physical kind of element of nonverbal communication that you yeah. can use to soften something. Yep. Yeah. And, or I'll smile or whatever. When you're on Zoom and you say something, it's like, whoa, it is just like out there in the right. ether. And it was hard. And so I think my, after the pandemic, I was like, gosh, I caught myself fighting about mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. all the time. And I was like, why am I fighting? Why am I fighting? Mm-hmm. And it was fighting about inconsequential mm-hmm. things. I remember my boss saying something to me like, well, does it really matter? And I'm like, it doesn't, but I just really want to win this. And I was yeah. like, what is that? Yeah. And so at some point it was becoming so much conflict, like almost unnecessary conflict. And I was so upset and I couldn't pin down like, what am I mad about? And there was nothing really to be mad about, but I was just wound up in myself. And I was like, I got to figure this out because I love my job. I love my home. I love my kids. I love all but I'm wildly unhappy about something. And so I just needed somebody to unwind me a little bit. And so, um, stepping back and doing a little bit of the work, um, with my coach was just super helpful. And honestly, like I'm the kind of person that's like, like I said, it's mm-hmm. airy fairy and oh my gosh, spending time working on yourself. Like, mm-hmm. pff, it's the best thing I've ever done. It really is. It like really helped me. <laughs> I think my coworkers were <laughs> like, like, thank God <laughs> you were killing us. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I joke about this all the time, but I'm like, eights also have a tendency to not kind of be in tune with like their own health, right? Okay. And so for me, I'm like, I didn't even know I had COVID and I just like worked through it and I didn't know. I was like, huh, why am I like sweaty? I was in a room with a blanket on and a space heater and my husband walked in and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, why is the house so cold? He's like, it's not cold in here. You have something going on with you. Like, I don't realize it. Like, I'm like, no, you muscle through it. My mentality is to muscle through things. I've had shingles three times, (laughs) but I like really in the last three years, I last three years, probably the last eight years. I've done things that I'm like, I've been so stressed out through them and I end up with shingles. And I was like, it was like the second time I think I got it that I'm like, what are you yeah. doing to yourself? And it was kind of the best thing ever. Cause I was like, the huh. big wake up call. Yeah. I'm like, this actually is affecting me physically. Mm-hmm. A- and I had no idea. I mean, aside from making everybody miserable, around me. <laughs> but, uh, which, yeah. you know, that's a huge, that's, I mean, that's a lot of times how illnesses go, right? That, right. that knock on the door that like you, I mean, you can keep functioning yep. like this, you know, you're going to, but you're going to have an end date. Yep. And yep. if you don't take control of that end date sooner than later, exactly. something will show up in your body. That's going to make you be like, Hey, exactly. Like, just remember, you can't do this forever. You yep. can't do this forever. I used to always think that was like mental toughness. Like you just push through it. Like, of course that's not a thing, but it is so true. It is so true that you're your body reacts to the way you're working. And I used to be the type that would lay in bed all night and I had a pad of paper by my bed and I'd like write my ideas down at night. And for some reason, everything always seems way worse at night. I don't know yeah. what happens, but, uh, um, I've learned to be an Olympic sleeper. Like I'm like, okay, don't stay up till one every night, like working on whatever, like go to bed and get up at a decent hour. And like, I get eight hours, sometimes 10 hours. I am a sleeper. And if I don't get my sleep, like the day is really different for me. And I've like, I love a cocktail, but I also know like I can't have three glasses of wine and sleep at night. And so like, you got to pull back on that stuff. It really has made a big difference in think like knowing that 
my mental health and my stress level is actually affecting my physical health yeah. in a weird way. It's kind of a gift that I get shingles every time I'm stressed out because yeah. I'm like, I'm not old well, enough for the right. shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> a good thing. <laughs> I'm like, give me the shot. They're like, no, like, two more years. More. Yeah. I'm the only person that's going to celebrate 50 with a shingles <laughs> like, shot. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. You know, to get you for your birthday. I know, I know. The but, good news is I get less and less every time. That is good. Because yeah. I've seen it do the opposite, actually. Oh. So. I know you're a nurse. So yeah, yeah, I know. So, yeah. my face. But it all, you know, it, it's so true. Like your body's giving you a sign that you need to do yeah. something different. And you're paying attention. Yeah. A lot of people don't choose to pay. Hard to not either. when it's on your face. <laughs> that would be like a little like yeah, like. <laughs> So that the platform around fitness that was so stressful these last few years, I do not want to minimize mm -hmm. that at all. Mm -hmm. And I love the campaign that was put out from self-esteem brands. Yep. Fitness is essential. Yeah. And I'm going to say that and it's like fitness is essential period. Yep. Like it's not an arguable statement. Yep. It is. And I think if we've all learned anything through the pandemic, it's that, mm -hmm. um, being one big lesson, right? Honest to God, I'm surprised you didn't have shingles like 10 times the last <laughs> couple of years because how stressful to have all of your clubs, all of your club owners, all of your managers being like, mm -hmm. Stacey, what do I do? We're shut down for weeks, for months. I mean, some countries for years. Yep. Yep. So how did you maintain optimism, um, as a leader with them and like continue to cheer them on, right? That mm -hmm. this is going to stop at some point, cheer yep. them on, like, don't lose yourself. Don't lose your entrepreneur mindset. Don't lose your own health. Like that's a huge job on all seven continents. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how did you, how did you get through that? What did you lean into as a leader? Well, what's interesting is like, it was, it was almost the opposite. My business owners, our business owners in this system are the most resilient people I have ever met in my life. And like, when we went into it, I remember trying to do my own like Facebook live. I think it was the first time. I did, and then I think I lost my marbles and I started to cry or something. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe that. Yeah. I'm like, that is not a good show. Right. <laughs> like, no, we're all going to be okay. Like, five, I'll be back. <laughs> I'm like, we're fine. Right. Right. Those owners stepped up locally. Like they're fighters yeah. and they're like, listen, this is, we're, we're not going to, take this like lying down. We are here to help our communities be healthy. I've spent a lot of time um, talking to a lot of different public policymakers, senators, those types of things. The last one I just had a few weeks ago and we were talking about fitness being essential and she said, listen, that's really, you know, designated for healthcare workers and emergency mm -hmm. folks. And I said, I understand that, but how about you think about it from a proactive mm -hmm. standpoint versus a reactive standpoint? I'm like, gosh, and we know, I hate to say it, but like COVID and the pandemic discriminated and discriminated against people that had a pre-existing condition that were obese, that didn't have like great immune systems. And the reality is, is fitness is essential. And so that kind of idea of, you know, it's always, if you have a common, con common enemy, if you have a common enemy, there's this ability to bond. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there's always a franchise or a franchisee relationship where it's like, you're always kind of tussling a little bit and yeah. you're, you're in a marriage and like, it, you hope it's 90% of the time good. And 10% right. of the time you're arguing about like what's for dinner or something. Sure. Um, but when COVID happened, we all like said, 
we're going to lock arms and we're going to do this together. And so as much as I was here to help them, you know, with some of the corporate stuff and work on public policy things and, you know, do their best from like the mechanics of their business and, and fee relief and those types of things, mm-hmm. those owners really spoke up, did yeah. their work, did what they could to keep their livelihoods moving, especially the Canadian owners where they were really shut down for almost two years. And so they, uh, the way that they showed up and, and still trained in their communities and did whatever they had to do outdoors made, you know, many of them put their equipment outside. Right. I mean, these people are creative, resilient, and um, innovative. And innovative, mm-hmm. and that's inspiring. And so, I don't work at this company. So I'm like, I love to work out. Like you can look at me and know I'm probably not a bodybuilder, but but you work out. And sometimes yeah. it's like for me, it's it's obviously physical health, mm-hmm. right? As someone who's driven by physical health. But what I realized during the pandemic yeah. is it was a lot of mental and emotional health. Absolutely. So I was like driving by the gyms that were closed and like literally had this visceral response to my body. Yep. And I'm like, okay, this is not physical. This yep. is actually like emotional and like mental. Like yep. that's my community one. Yep. It's my safe space. It's like where my dopamine yeah. gets released, yep. right? Yep. So, like, it's where I feel good. Yep. Like, it's where body, mind, spirit, it all comes together. Right. And likewise for us, it made us realize, hey, just helping people in our four walls yeah. isn't where they need us. Because I'm sure you were out walking outdoors. Yeah. I'm sure there were moments during COVID you were like, I got to get out of my basement because that's oh, yeah. where I was working. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And so for us, it actually accelerated a lot of what we were doing from yeah. a business standpoint because it was like, huh. People don't need to be just confined to the their gym and their community where you do right. feel great and, you, and like don't underestimate the power of being a part of a really good healthy community. Um, but also, I mean, yep. I can squeeze in thirty minutes today. I'm gonna like go for a walk outdoors, and I want my coach at the gym yeah. to know like I did that, and then yeah. he says thumbs up, and then I'm very happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just that yeah. different ways, figuring out different ways to communicate. Yeah. Right? So it doesn't always have to be that in-person, like, in interaction. It can yep. be via an app or via an email right. or via a phone call. Because health doesn't stop when you're in the no. gym. Like, it doesn't start when you walk in the gym, and then it's done when you yeah. Actually, what you do outside the gym yeah. matters way more to your health and wellness than the one hour, the three hours you're going to spend in the gym. Yeah. But hopefully... You know, that one good thing you do for yourself spills into the next good thing you do for yourself. Fills, you know, yeah, and the ripple effect. Yeah. Of it all. Yeah. So what will it take, do you think? So I come from the healthcare space. Yeah. And I left the healthcare space mm-hmm. because we're always in this reactive mode. We literally, it's a hamster wheel that I saw. absolutely, And I'm a half glass, full, 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 yeah. full person. Yeah. And I could not see a way out of it. Yeah. It's like there is absolutely no opportunity, even as I continue to look at my leadership roles, that we're going to flip our mindsets mm-hmm. to be proactive. Yeah. Yeah. So it was so refreshing to come to a space that could be proactive. Mm-hmm. Right? We could think really differently. Yeah. But 2020 was a little bit of a halt again. Like, yeah. okay, we've come somewhere. Yeah. But not nearly far yep. enough. We're mental health aware, but yes. are we really doing anything about it? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll find like all these half-ass backwards mm-hmm. ways around like getting you know yep. people to be proactive. Yep. Yep. Um, instead of just being like, hey, you mm-hmm. actually need to take some ownership of yep. X, Y, and Z, and we want to support you, and we're here for you. So, what do you think it's going to take? Like, if we didn't learn that mm-hmm. through this, like. What is the formula? Yeah. Like what's A plus B is going to equal C to get us to be like a proactive nation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a huge question. No, I'm like, if I had the answer, I'd be a billionaire. Um, But what's working, what's happening today is all the economics, right, are all driven towards um, treatment 
treatment of a problem. Yes. And there is no economics around prevention of the problem. Honestly, I don't think our healthcare system is going to get us there. I really don't. Like, they're all trying. They're all trying to, you know, give you incentives for lowering healthcare and all those things. But gosh, even with the deep pockets of those um, healthcare providers, they don't really connect with people. People are afraid of healthcare providers, right? Like, when they, if they called me and said, hey, uh, what's going on with your health? I'm going to be like... I, don't, I mean, I'm great. I'm great. I don't smoke. I don't do that. I'm like, I barely have a drink. Like, <laughs> if my trainer asked me, I'm like, well, here's kind of what I do. <laughs> By such yeah. a twelve year like, right. here's everything. I right. I got to work out yeah. real good today because yeah. I'm seeing someone tomorrow. So the, um, the, the mentality and the consumer connection to where the economics are playing are just, they're just not aligned. I think yeah. technology is going to disrupt it. I think somebody is going to come in and go, gosh, I'm going to gamify how your health starts to play. I'm going to actually start rewarding you economically for your health. I think somebody, an Amazon, an Apple, or one of those, a Google, are going to come to the table with something so disruptive that is good. That will put healthcare where it almost—it's not even healthcare. Like that's a nice name for health treatment. Like put those treatment providers mm -hmm. where they belong, and there's always going to be a role for that. Mm -hmm. But that the economics and the behavioral change and the motivation—I think tech's going to figure that out. I really do. I really do. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I want to be a part of it. Like mm -hmm. that's the thing. I'm like, you look at how you know, Twitter and all these yeah. different things are like already shaping behavior of how people live. Like we stare at our phones all the time. We stare at our computers constantly. And now you're seeing like in the political climate, right? Like how we can feed people's own perceptions and almost create like extremist behavior about it. How about we create extremist behavior around health, wellness, taking care of oneself and, um, and happiness and mental health and recovery and good food and, and, you know, return to Rebel and Be Well in just a moment, but first a few words about our sponsors. I want to say a special thank you to everyone at Self Esteem Brands. We are grateful for the recording space and support you have provided to our podcast platform and team. You can find more information about Self Esteem Brands in the show notes. We appreciate and savor every sip of Dry Farm Wines during our podcast conversations and every event at the Point Retreats. To find out more about Dry Farm Wines, find their link in our show notes. Thank you, Paddle North, for being our preferred Minnesota-based brand and company. We honor every memorable paddle. To find out more information about Paddle North, find their link in our show notes. The Point Retreats and Rentals is situated roughly 30 minutes outside Brainerd, Minnesota. The property's private peninsula boasts over 1,500 feet of stunning shoreline spanning three lakes on the pristine whitefish chain of lakes. Whether you need time to renew, reset, or reconnect, we have a space that can host your family, group, or team. Click on the show notes to find out more about the Point Retreats and the Point Rentals. And I think that's what people sometimes, there's like this misnomer that a gym is a gym, mm -hmm. right? It's just, it's, it's one silo yep. of health and it's physical health yep. and it's so much more. Mm -hmm. And that's the space, like I look at healthcare and it's so ironic to me that we actually call healthcare, healthcare. Yeah. It's disease care. Yeah. It's sick care. You're right. That's okay. Like there's a place for that. Right. We need that. I mean, if I'm in a car accident tomorrow or my family's. Right. So I got shingles. Somebody needs to. <laughs> shingles again after the podcast. We're really yeah. happy you're there. Right. <laughs> but. I need that pill. <laughs> but it's that thing where it's like healthcare really is 
it needs to be redefined for what it is. Yeah. Like we just need to call it. Yep. And I just want someone to just say it. Yep. And I don't know why we're so reserved in that. And maybe it's the healthcare community, like pulling it back. Cause we're like, no, we're healthcare champions. So I'm like, no, like yeah. that's the last time you felt healthy. Yeah. Yourself. Yep. Like, yep. Probably years. Right? right. And don't you think so, some of the sickest people, like really the people that treat themselves the hardest are some of the healthcare workers. You look at yeah. like what is happening there and it's like, holy smokes. I don't even know that we're a nation that cares about our healthcare workers, yeah. which is weirdly ironic. So, so yeah, I don't know how it'll all start to shape up, but I think technology is going to help. Going to change kinda, it. I, I think it's got to. Yeah. I think it's yeah. got to. Because, yeah. I mean, what we're doing isn't working. And, yeah. and I don't think we, you know, as humans, we're wired to avoid anything that feels painful mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. um, or hard. Mm -hmm. And it's like, discipline is hard, you know? Um, I, you can get me on a tangent about agrarian societies too. I'm like, gosh, the way we buy food today in a grocery store with, you know, boxes and boxes and boxes of processed food right. and the little space of vegetables. I'm like, to me, I'm like, gosh, if you were really going to take this on, you'd build your neighborhoods differently. Mm -hmm. I'm like, mm -hmm. uh, so there's a whole bunch that go, it's, it feels so overwhelming, yeah. but I'm like, if each person kind of does their little part, I think right. there's moments that, um, I think good things build upon yeah. each other. You and see the momentum. Yeah. 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 That's the whole concept of rebel and be well, right? Because mm -hmm. it's kind of that whole thing of yep. recognizing um, it's not going to happen without you taking some ownership and some power back. Because if we're going to wait for someone else to do it, you're going to just be waiting a really long, long time. time. <laughs> it's like probably not going to happen. I'm waiting for Elon Musk to Twitter me yes. into better health. <laughs> He's going to start. I don't think that's going to happen. It's probably not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah. So in the meantime, but I love the message. That is one thing I will say um, from self-esteem brands and all the different brands is you give a really strong message of empowering people. Yep. And so for you, I mean, you have to empower the leaders mm -hmm. that are empowering others, yep. right? So have you seen that be more of a challenge for people outside of like their own leadership roles, outside of them being CEOs of their own clubs? Have you seen health amongst your leaders mm -hmm. out there? Like your tentacles are literally yeah. everywhere in this world. <laughs> I mean, how are they doing? Like, how is their health? How is their well-being? Ugh, you know, I don't know. It's so funny because you get a lot of, we're living in this like social media world. And it, I think it's so funny when people are like, you know, oh my gosh, you need to find balance in your life. And like, yeah. there's so much preaching that goes yeah. on. And it's like, oh, for God's sake. Like yeah. I laughed, there was a post the other day that said, you know what I really appreciate? People that aren't telling me what they're thankful for. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, right, like I'm thankful yeah. for this. And it's really just like a brag list. Right? Like, <laughs> so you can just tell I'm all thankful for my amazing kids. Yeah. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm thankful yeah. one of mine's leaving for college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super thankful. Like, so there's a little bit, it's hard to know, you know, like I said, there's a lot more awareness around mental health. There's a lot, I mean, the great resignation has made every leader, boss, manager on the planet go, oh crap, maybe we're not doing something right here. And so um, there's part of me that's thankful for the, the whole pandemic because it's like, gosh, it really did shift how you were able to work and the flexibility that you have at work and how you can live your life. And it taught me a little bit about melding my work yeah. and my life together, a live to work, not work to live yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how real, uh -huh. it sure feels like everybody's getting their shit together out there. Yeah. I don't know how real that is. I like, and you don't know how real it is that I'm like, I got myself an executive coach and oh, I'm great. No, there are days like, 
<laughs> like this morning, I was like, budgets and yeah. blah, and I'm ready to like rip somebody's head off. Yeah. And I don't do great at managing my aid or whatever. So, like, you know, we all try to show up our best in these social media channels. But I'm like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. The the fact that we aren't making real change out of two years of basically being stuck in our homes, Mm -hmm. to me, is a little disheartening. um, And a little bit of, like, hey, we're all here for the show and not necessarily for the substance. So Mm, That's good. That's deep. I don't know. (laughs) Well, no, that is. And I think you're so right. right. Like, social media makes it that, right? Mm -hmm. It's just all the show of all the great things. The people I'm most attracted to on social media, people like, my life was like, this is a really (laughs) freaking hard day. This didn't go right. right." You know, all these things. But, I mean, I'll... Obviously, people, you want to see people rally. Yeah. And, like, overcome. We're kind of always, like, cheering on the underdog, right? Yeah, yeah. But in some realms, like, I feel like our whole world is a little bit of an underdog. Mm-hmm. Like, these last yep. couple of years. And yep. so many people rally. Yeah. But it's like, let's just be real. And it's okay mm-hmm. that nobody really knew how to handle this. Yes. Like, nobody really had any yep. idea. Something new. Nope. Right? It's novel. No. So how do we, but how do we, like, rally now and learn from it? So this sentence is a statement. Yeah. Fitness is essential. Period. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't debate this anymore. Right. Like, it's just not up for debate. Right. It's right. It's not going to happen ever again in the entire future history of our nation. Yeah. That we will do what we did. Yep. I hope that's true. And I think not only fitness is... I think health is essential. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. fitness people think it's moving your body, but health is essential. If we don't... It is... Our, our nation's health is the greatest asset we have. Yeah. Imagine a country of diseased people. Mm-hmm. Like, what are well, you going to... I mean, right? Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, you don't have to imagine it yeah. too hard. Like, that... What did I just hear? One of the senators I was talking to the other day, she was saying something like 75% of our youth are not qualified to fight in our armed forces mm-hmm. because of weight, obesity, mm-hmm. um, inactivity, or, uh, you know, other health yeah. issues, self-inflicted health issues. Yeah. I'm like, we... 70% of our youth... Cannot fight, and I'm not saying we should go to war, mm-hmm. but I'm saying like that is a shocking statistic. Yes. And so I don't know what it's going to take to get people there. I'm hopeful for a new generation, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't know that my generation grew up going, it's important, but I look at my nieces who are young mm-hmm. professionals now, and they're like, one's a nutritionist, one's a lawyer. They like walk and run marathons, yeah. and they're like, it's part of their everyday lives. And I look at this younger group of people coming up, my kids, yeah. that it's like, it's just kind of a given. Like, of course you're going to take care of yourself. Yeah. And it's less about vanity and yeah. more about health. And I go, well, that's promise. Yeah. I mean, but they're, so they're valuing it. We're setting a different set of values, yep. which will drive our next generation. Yep. Absolutely. Cause yep. yeah, on that note too, just, um, another interesting statistic is Type 1 diabetes used to be called juvenile diabetes. Oh, right. And we can't call it juvenile diabetes anymore. Because we all have it. Because type 1, type 2, which is more attributed to lifestyle, is now the most common type of diabetes in 18 and under. So it's like, yeah, that ripple effect into mm-hmm. the next generation. Like, yep. we need the next generation to really rally. Yeah. Where we, like, pick up where we kind of mm-hmm. left off. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Right. I will tell you, growing up, it, I, first of all, I never saw my parents go to a gym. Like, that wasn't yeah. like, We were an active family. Like, yeah. you were out and camping and hiking and doing stuff or riding bikes or whatever. It was really just how we lived, in part because we didn't grow up with, like, a ton of money. So right. there's yeah. nothing else to do. Go camping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was a really good idea. I know. We didn't go yeah. on trips. We went yeah. to the woods. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I think this next generation, like, like, like you said, is, is so just more well-equipped. Mm-hmm. to think that way, to think about 
how they're living and that their quality of life is so important and that it begins at 20. It doesn't begin at like realizing it at, you know, 35, like I should get my crap together. So So they're that much better off Mm -hmm. because it's like, it's become a habit so much earlier. Yep. So yep. what are your three health habits that are like Ugh. non-negotiable? Like I'm doing these three no matter what. First of all, I don't have anything that's non-negotiable. Like I refuse to live like that. Like okay. I refuse to live with like nothing's negotiable. It's when people are like, there's no excuses. I'm like, yeah. I got plenty of excuses. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I give you my yeah. excuses? <laughs> I know. I got shingle. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I, I really do not try to have like hard and fast rules. Now, um, one of the things I always struggled with is like, I've always had a lot of pride and being so busy that I can't do anything. I have no time for anything. I have stopped that in part because I have bosses that are like, stop that. (laughs) And also in part because I'm like, at some age, you're like, what are you doing? So I've learned to carve out time in my work week day Mm -hmm. that I'm like, I'm going to the gym. Mm -hmm. I am not a morning person. I like my sleep and I know sleep matters to me. So I go at nine o'clock on Wednesdays. I was there this morning Mm -hmm. and I go do my hour in the gym and usually go for a walk around the lake nearby after that. And I'm like, it's a non-negotiable for me. Even though I had a bunch of stuff this morning, I'm like, I am going to the gym. I have learned to say that is important. Shingles will teach you that. (laughs) Like, I've learned to say that's important enough that yeah. actually I'm going to show up better to work when my head is clear mm-hmm. than just work, 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 work. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that that um, that I, I've really tried to take. It always felt like I had to take from my family yeah. to be healthy. Yeah. And I hated that as a mom. And I was like, I'm always really like, I'm, always, I'm already working enough hours. Yeah. If I'm taking more time. Yeah. Family time. Yeah. Yeah. I also, this is so funny. Like, I did a glucose monitor. You, yeah. you and I have talked about this a ton. And I was watching, like, I always lived this life where I was like, oh, my God, okay, you're going to fast in the morning, and then I'll eat later in the afternoon and, like, be done eating by 8 o'clock or whatever. Right. Just knowing that that data um, taught me eat like, in the morning, I couldn't figure out why I hate to work out in the morning. I hate it because my glucose, blood my blood sugar is, like, 30. It's not, I'm like, right. Yeah. So I'm like, huh. So now I'm eating. So I wake up in the morning and I eat. I feel a ton better. Yeah. So all of this, like, advice of, like, do all the things. It's not a one-size-fits-all proposition. So the idea of, like, understanding what works for me and might not work for my neighbor or my friend or whatever, like... Like kind of personalized healthcare. Yeah. Preventative health. Let it go. Just because she looks great and she hasn't eaten in four weeks doesn't mean that's what you should do. (laughs) I know. I know. You don't see her passing out in her living room because she's only (laughs) eaten a sweet potato. So (laughs) like that. Um, Don't put that on social media. Don't put that on social media. Don't post about that. Grateful. Starvation. Grateful for starvation. She's a revive me. Thank you. Yeah, and I think maybe my third is probably just that idea of like flexibility. Like forgiveness and grace. And like, for me, it's maybe I have a bad day or I have like a day where I'm like, you know, I ate a bunch of crap or whatever. And then I'm like, you know what? Tomorrow's a new day. Start it over. Don't be so hard on yourself. I just think life's too short to be this like brutal to yourself. And um, the years I've spent doing it to myself and watching my girlfriends and my peers and, Mm -hmm. you know, like everybody's so hard on yourself. It's like Mm -hmm. you only get like, I don't know, 85 years. I'm planning to live to like 110. But yeah, I I know I have a don't unplug me thing in my health (laughs) class. I'm like, I could come back. (laughs) 
I'm the only person that literally has a healthcare director that's like, keep me plugged in. <laughs> keep me plugged until 110. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I mean, I, I could it. make it come back. Yeah. You never know. I mean, medicine's amazing. It is amazing. We're only getting better. That's so right. I, I think if my chance. blood sugar's low, give Our me a banana. Take you there for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, listen, life's yeah. too short. Like, yeah. why be so hard on yourself and and do what you love? Like, that's the other thing I also have learned. Like, do what you love. I used to like go to this boot camp in the morning at 5 a.m. and then I'd feel terrible and I'd lay on the floor with my face on the cold tile because yeah. I thought I was going to throw up and I remember <laughs> saying to the trainer I was like if you feel like you're going to throw up should you keep going and she's like no and I was like Huh. <laughs> like, I'm but, but every yeah. day I feel like I'm going to throw up. So I was like, why am I doing this? But you know what I love? I love to like, I love to boat. I love to ski. I love to hike. I've got a dog now. That damn thing makes me walk miles and miles a day. It's like the best thing I ever did was buy a dog to get yeah. out of the house. I love working out with friends. And so I'm like, if I don't want to go by myself, I can go with a friend. And so like doing the things that I would like to do. Do something you enjoy. I know, right? What like, an awful I mean, idea. what an unlock. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. We're right. so hard on ourselves. You bring a really, really good point forward yeah. in terms of like, usually it's more like, why are we ingrained to, mo- to be more motivated if it feels like it's some kind of punishment? Like right. It was super hard, so then it was worth it. Yep. And you won't do it. There's a really cool study out there. There's a book called No Sweat um, that this Michelle Seeger wrote, and she just wrote a, a new um a new one too that's related, but it's all about the science of motivation. And when you, she took a group of people, two groups and said, okay, this group, um, we're going to go for a walk because it's good for you and you should do it and it's exercise. And then we'll come back and we'll have lunch. And then she took another group that said, you're going to just go for a leisurely walk. We'll come back here and have lunch. And the group that went out and that had to exercise that went out and did their walk and then came back and ate actually ate something like 50% more calories than the group that went out and did it for fun because they had this like Mm -hmm. reward punishment mentality was like Interesting. I did something good mm-hmm. for myself and so so that was hard and I had to do it mm-hmm. and so I'm going to reward myself by eating differently yeah. by eating the food I want to eat versus somebody who's like hey I went and did like something that I really enjoyed I'm here having lunch like move a lot like they don't have that reward punishment kind of activity right. I think that's really insightful and helps you kind of unlock this idea of like do something that makes you feel good because yeah. otherwise you feel punished and then you want to reward yourself. And that's that's a life of excess. It's mm-hmm. like, I worked really hard, then I drank a bunch. Or I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, like or that idea. Pendulum, right? Yeah, like I had a donut. Yeah. I better beat the shit out of myself today. It's like, no, like, move on. Like, right. Enjoy Little the life. donut. Yeah. Have a donut. Have a great walk. Go for a nice walk. Yeah. <laughs> right. And eat the donut either. in the morning. So you don't. Just your blood sugar. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be great. Yeah. But. If you had to tell your 30-year-old self something, mm-hmm. what would you say? Well, when I was pregnant at 30 and I gained a lot of weight, so I would have been like, stop eating so much Kentucky Fried Chicken on the way home from graduate school. Yeah. <laughs> Love the KFC. Yeah. I was like, whoa. You were pregnant when you are getting your MBA. I had two kids in the middle of my MBA. Oh my so I, it took me five years to get. So I started with, and then ended up with children. Uh, <laughs> you are a serious badass. Yeah, well. you not only went and did your MBA, you did your MBA at like one of the top ten business schools. Yeah. It was pretty it, amazing that you did that and you're pregnant. Uh, uh, yeah. And yeah. I worked full time. So yeah. I'm, I, when I look back at it, I'm like, I'm super proud of that. I don't know how I did it, but I like, I look back at that and I was like, huh. I could do that. I can do just about anything I wanted to do. But, like, at 30, 
I thought, like, it was, I thought it was a choice. And one of the probably biggest fights my husband and I have ever had in my career was, like, he wanted to have kids, and I wanted to go to graduate school. And I remember I, I was like, no, I'm going to grad school. And then we kind of just figured it out, and we yeah. did it all. And yeah. so the reality is, like, if I had to tell my 30-year-old something, is like, life isn't that black and white. The answer's yeah. in the gray. And and what feels like a decision, I was just talking to one of my franchisees' daughters the other day, and she's trying to figure out what to do with her career and all those types of things. And she's like, I've got this picture of my life, mm-hmm. and it's going to be like this. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Like, me too. I had a picture of my life. I never thought I'd be the CMO of a waxing business and a fitness guy. I certainly didn't think I'd be the president of one. I'm like, I I definitely don't think life happens the way you think it's going to happen. And you know what? It's better. It's better. It's better. I love that. That's so beautiful. And it's so true. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, being of similar ages, right? Like, it it is. You can And it's great to have visions. Yeah. It's great to have goals and aspirations, but the reality is, I mean, I don't tell me, are you more of like a short-term or long-term planner? Cause I've at my age now, I've almost stopped doing a lot of like really long-term planning. Cause yeah. I realized it doesn't work out that yeah. way. Anyways. It stresses me out too. I don't like yeah. things on a horizon. Like, I don't know what this is, but I'm like, if somebody says like, let's have dinner in September, I'm like almost dressed out till September thinking yeah. about like, did I get that schedule? Am I going to do that? Like, yeah. I'm a kind of person that like, I'll call you on a Wednesday night. Like, do you want to go to dinner? It's free tonight. I And I want to live life that way. Like, I feel like it, so do it. Maybe that's the impulsive side of me, but, uh, like... Or maybe that's being the wise 48 that you are. Yeah. Right? Maybe. Are you less like that at 30? Yeah. I mean, I thought yeah. very much so that, like, okay, we've got to get everything. But life was, like, so strung for me. Like, I was yeah. so high strung at that age where I was like, you've got to do all these things. You got, like, why do I always get... And my internal dialogue was, like how do you always get yourself into this? Why are you always doing this to yourself? And I'm like, and somewhere along the way, you do kind of give yourself permission, like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I actually don't want to do this. I'm not going to do that. Good for you. That's a huge life accomplishment. Yeah. Well, I guess. I mean, it's kind of stupid. You get this old and you're like, actually do what you want to do. It's like, (laughs) I mean, take notes, (laughs) listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Write down, I'm only going to do things I want to do. I mean, but that's, I mean, that's kind of (laughs) true. You you realize it's like half of your time is, you know, gone. Yeah. You want to do the second half. It's going to be stuff you want to do or stuff you don't want to do. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> I think it's going to be stuff I wanted. I know. I wanted to do this. Yeah. Here we are. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. So how do you handle, as an eight, mm-hmm. how do you handle when there are things, like, you don't want to do, right? Or people you don't really want to interact yeah. with? Yeah. Like, how do you default then? <laughs> I ghost them. No. <laughs> I no. them I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get back to you with a date. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no. no, I know. I heard you say that. You do that no. to me. I'm not here. I'm yeah, only I'm sort kidding. of kidding. I have yeah. done that. Um, no, you know, honestly, um... I think, I think I always used to, like, there's this people pleaser in, I think, most people to a certain extent. And I always was like, oh, uh, okay, we'll do that then. Or, well, like, and I've signed, like, I felt this need to close things out. And it, I was doing it to myself. Like, yeah. I was saying things like, oh, okay, I can't do this tonight, but let's do it next week. And I didn't really want to do either. And yeah. I was like, why am I doing that? And so I'm like, no, just say thank just you say. and move on. And so it's great. And if... Mm-hmm. On a Wednesday night, I'm like, oh, I miss so-and-so, and call her up, and, yeah. you know, we go out or whatever. That's great. But um, 
but uh, that idea of having to like all this pressure yeah. on the road in front of you is not, I've learned not to do that to myself because I'm miserable. And then I show up and I'm miserable and mm -hmm. nobody and wants to be around my miserable yeah. eightness. <laughs> I don't know what that looks like. No, I've seen your good eight. That's I really like true. it. So, That's not true. But it's, it's that whole principle, right, of like giving yourself permission to say no. Yeah. Which I think as generally speaking, and I'm generalizing, but people, as they kind of, you know, get into their forties, you kind of start to be like, I don't have to say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. Like I can actually say no. Yep. And it's yep. kind of a beautiful place when you get to that spot. Wonderful. You're like, oh, what is this two letter yep. word? This is yeah. really cool. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> like, right. Say it. Yep. Yep. And there's no so shame that. in that. And like, it is just who it is. You just start to know who you are a little bit better and you know how to deliver it a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, I think back in, you know, your young days, you're kind of, at least I was like, I just don't want to disappoint people. And then you realize they're not actually disappointed. They're disappointed when you're doing something you, sh you, you don't, don't want to do. do. Yeah, because it comes across. <laughs> right. You think it doesn't, right. but it does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what's something you do that's really outside of the box that people might not know? Okay, I'll give you two things. One, um, I play the piano, and I love to play the piano. Yeah. I do it privately. It is my thing. My kids yeah. play play the piano too, um, but like, like, I love to play the piano. Yeah. I love when somebody's and there's something about it that like, it's like muscle memory, and it's just like I always say the hum in my head like yeah. goes mm, like. It's another thing about an Enneagram 8, they always say, like, you've got that hum. And I'm like, yeah, everybody's got that hum. And they're like, no. Yeah. People, I'm like, no, no, like, your head goes, mm. like, no. <laughs> like, actually, no. But it is an 8 thing, like, where your stress is so high that you yeah. literally have, like, a noise in your head, which is really funny. And so, like, for me, playing the piano uh -huh. shuts out the noise, okay. puts my focus on something else. Um, okay. And uh, that's the only place that you find that. Mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. So cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's weird. So I keep that in a closet because it's weird. No, it's and then, <laughs> do you know that learning an instrument is one of the best ways to prevent Alzheimer's? I did not know yeah. that. So, all right, good to know. If you need somebody challenges you in that. Yes, Miss Eight. Yes, just be like, no, I'm preventing Alzheimer's. Yeah, I like that. My second one was. Oh, okay. This is dumb, but like, I'm like nuts about a probiotic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. So, like, every morning I give my dog some yogurt. I eat some yogurt. My dog and I sit there, and like, it is our morning ritual. We get at seven in the morning. I have coffee and my yogurt yeah. and you just sit and like I haven't done that 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 was another thing that started in the pandemic for me to like yeah. wake up and just have some time in the morning and I'm reading my emails and I'm doing my things and whatever but I'm like yeah. I need my probiotic because <laughs> I gut. feel like yeah I feel yeah. like your gut floor is a thing yeah. Yeah. and then um and then and I'm I've got this dog who is very needy and so we sit there in the morning and we're like yeah we yeah. read our emails catch up and yeah. and just have a little moment. And I, I kind of refuse yeah. to start my work day before nine o'clock most days. Cause I'm like, I need the time mm -hmm. uh, or I don't kind of get my head together. So in the right space. That's, yes. That's an awesome routine. I yes. love that. Okay. So last question I'm going to ask okay. you because we're in the self-esteem brand, anytime fitness tattoo room. If you could get one tattoo today that represented you, mm -hmm. you, okay. Stacey Anderson, what would you get? This is so funny because, like, everybody I work with has a tattoo, and I'm always like, I should get a tattoo. When I turn 50, I'm going to get a tattoo. Yeah. I'm too big of a chicken to do it. I don't know. I really like trees. I really like roots and leaves. Mm. I really love the idea of, like, I love how I was raised in this blue-collar town, yeah. hard worker, scrappy, blah, blah. Yeah, like, I love the roots. Mm -hmm. But I also think out of those roots came a different kind of tree than maybe mm. I would have expected. And I'm like, and there's a freedom to that. And I think yeah. I'm a better version of maybe just 
what my roots would have been alone. And so I like the idea of trees for some reason. That's really cool. I don't know. I love that. About tree tattoos. No. Do you have a tattoo? I do. Of what? A couple. Oh no. Well, here we go. <laughs> um, I know. And it won't take too long. Um, but yes, I have, well, I have one at the point. Nice. Um, and then I have one of the name of my dad's memoir. Oh. In handwriting. So cool. And then I have one of a little daisy, which is my favorite flower. Yes. Nice. But I love my... I love the tree hmm. and the image of that, right? It shows like the growth opportunity. Yeah. And what you've seized. Like yep. you've seized, you've grown. Like you have your roots, you're attached to them. But yep. like you're, you've welcomed and invited and what you can do for your own personal growth. Yeah. Oh, we'll see if I'm... I'm a nurse. I'm semi-decent with needles. I was going to say, we'll see if I I'm brave enough. I'm like, oh, I, you are. I got a year and a half and then I will maybe get a tree or not. Well, I think that's a good 50th birthday goal. Don't you think? Yeah. Way yeah. better than shingles. Right. <laughs> I know. So. I'll get my shingles shot and a tattoo. It's going to be amazing. Just to be like a needle birthday. <laughs> You'll make sure we'll invite a lot of nurses there for you. <laughs> good. So good. Well, Stacey, thank you. Thank you for being here. Oh You're my gosh. You're an incredible human. You're so inspiring and the opportunity that we've had myself and yeah. our team to get to know you better at the point has been incredible. You yeah. brought a ton of leadership wisdom, um, a whole different kind of like human gentleness, like oh. the spirit of being a, a leader and all of us appreciate it. I appreciate you taking this time. Thank you. And oh my gosh. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you. And I appreciate you. And for what it's worth, the point has taught me to open up in a different way too. And so like what you're doing for people is really amazing. You are giving back in a different way than is, um, than you find anywhere else. And there's something magic about what you're doing. So thank I'm you. blessed to be a part of your circle. So thank you for having thank me. It's easy to do. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> yeah. Right. Love you, girl. Love you. All right. All right. All right. Until next time. Awesome. Thank right. you. Cheers. Cheers. Ding. Cheers. Ding. <laughs> I want to say a special thank you to everyone at Self-Esteem Brands, the parent company of Anytime Fitness, Waxing the City, Bar Method, Stronger You Nutrition, and Base Camp Fitness. We are grateful for the recording space and support you have provided to our podcast platform and team. You are a true example of what it means to rebel and be well. You can learn more about Self-Esteem Brands via the link shared in the show notes below. We appreciate and savor every sip of Dry Farm Wines during our podcast conversations and every event at The Point Retreats. As a health and wellness platform, we are grateful to have a pure and unique wine that is free of sugar and additives, grown on small family farms, and brings a bright and soulful and vibrant glass of wine to share with the community we love. Cheers to our Dry Farm Wine friends and family. You can learn more and order your own bottles of Dry Farm Wine by clicking the link provided in the show notes below. That simple and serene moment when we glide across the lake at the Point Retreats on our Paddle North paddleboard is one of the most cherished moments. It's a gift when we and our guests blend into nature and lose track of time and space as we soar across the pristine whitefish chain of lakes. Thank you, Paddle North, for being our preferred Minnesota-based brand and company. We honor every memorable paddle that brings great clarity and balance. Click on the link provided in the show notes below to see all the incredible lake gear available with Paddle North. The Point Retreats and Rentals is situated roughly 30 minutes outside Brainerd, Minnesota. The property's private peninsula boasts over 1,500 feet of stunning shoreline spanning three lakes on the whitefish chain of lakes. The Point property is owned by two purpose-driven leaders who share a strong desire to lead others to optimal health and well-being. 
Our team believes in proactive, modern-day health, shifting our mindsets to valuing quality of life in the same capacity as we value quantity of life. We aim for every experience at the point to enhance and deepen your whole being health by providing many opportunities for well care during your stay. Whether you need time to renew, reset, or reconnect, we have a space that can host your family, group, or team. Click on the show notes below to find out more about the Point Retreats and the Point Rentals.